You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show today. We've got a good one for you. Today's guest has been a festival manager, a special events manager, an events operation manager, and is now fair director at Northlands, one of Canada's largest fairs. She joins us today from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Amanda Fregon, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So Amanda, for the folks listening, can you give us a background on how you came to be fair director with Northlands? You bet. Well, uh, it's a long story. Um, so I started out my career in entertainment. So I was a dancer and I worked on cruise ships. And that's where I kind of realized that I had a passion for um, putting putting events together and bringing people together to make them happy. My next step would have been um, to be a cruise director, but instead I decided to come back and I um, went back to school and took some courses. And so I started my career in sporting events. I was working for the IndyCar series with um, NASCAR and some of our like drifting series and Northlands um, as an entity came in and helped us with some of our operations. Um, next thing you know, Northlands was um, operating the events and they kind of adopted me and I became their special events manager, booking all their entertainment for their events. From there, I moved on quickly to their uh, rodeos manager. So look, overseeing the Canadian finals rodeo, um, the Canadian college finals rodeo. Then I went to the festivals manager. So I was overseeing um, the fair. Then I went to uh, event operations manager and I was helping facilitate um, the team that oversaw the events at our Coliseum. So all the major concerts and um, and sporting events. And then um, now moving into operations. And so I've overseen all the facility and the, um, the uh, events set up and now as fair director, but I used to partake in like our, our talent search um, contests during K days which was Klondike days back then. So I've kind of always been going to the fair and being a part of it, but now I'm in it all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we should clarify Northlands is the entity that actually operates K days. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. With K days being the actual name of the fair that runs uh year in July. Is that correct? Yeah. July. July. Awesome. So listen, you're the second Canadian we've had on the show this year. We've had uh team T and J from mm-hmm. they're over on the other side of Canada from you over in Toronto. Um, but let's talk Edmonton for a second. If someone was to visit Edmonton and you were to recommend a few tourist spots to see, what do you recommend? Well, so I know you're going to say this isn't, this is a tourist spot, but, um, our West Edmonton mall, yes, it's a tourist spot, but our locals do go there. You've got, you know, an amusement park, you've got a, um, water park, there's a mini golf, there's, um, a skating rink. So there's lots of stuff to do, plus all the shopping. Um, our White Avenue, which is uh, lo- close to our University of Alberta, is a quite nice spot for, um, especially in the summertime. You got lots of local boutiques and, and restaurants and bars down there. Um, we have an amazing river valley. So, you know, hiking and, and even paddling on the river. Um, plus we're three hours from the mountains. So Banff, Jasper, you know, those are huge spots. Yes, they're very touristy, but the locals do go, so... Yeah, I was going to ask, like, where do the locals go to typically eat? Because, you know, any place you go, like my my wife's family is from New Orleans and you always have the traditional touristy spots. But then there's the little hole in the wall spots the locals know. What about in Edmonton? What's like the spot that people go to eat if you're a local? Hmm. I can't say if there's one in particular. There's so many. 
There's so many, like there's lots of chains that are always busily attended, but uh, there's some great ones on White Ave. So you're my second international guest from the fair management standpoint this year. The first guest was um, Linnell Smith from the Sydney Royal Easter Show down in Australia. And I'm happy to get international perspective on what's going on with this pandemic. Can you give us an idea of what's the current state of the pandemic in Canada? Are you guys locked down? Are you able to have any events? What's going on up there? Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, the pandemic first started, we really looked down. We started locking down uh, March 16th. I remember it. Um, I'd come back from Toronto. We had a meeting and um, the week after um, our offices, okay, everybody shut down, working from home and pretty much, you know, only essential services. You know, we saw what was going on in the States and people were you know, hoarding toilet paper, the same thing happened here. You know, um, you went to the grocery stores, things were completely wiped out. Um, fast forward eight months later, we're sitting here now. Um, you know, the summer was pretty good and Alberta was doing really great for um, controlling it. We put some great restrictions in place. You know, the pandemic, we had um, great results, you know, lots of testing and low cases. And then for fast forward eight months, you get into, you know, Thanksgiving and September and People are getting tired of being locked down and not being able to do anything. And so they were getting, I would say, a little bit careless and just not as, you know, not being as intense as they should be. And so now our numbers are the second highest in Canada, second highest province in Canada. So we have put additional restrictions in place um, for the last couple of weeks. So up until just before Christmas, um, we've locked additional things down. Um, Schools have been shut, uh, majority of schools, I think some elementary schools are still open, they've gone to virtual and then they won't be back until January. Um, you know, everybody's recommending to, you know, they say stay home, don't go unless you have to, unless it's essential, you know, you have to go to work. Most offices have gone to virtual. Um, you've seen lots of cases happening within offices, so everybody's kind of staying away. So it's kind of where we're at now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds real similar to where we're at down here in New Mexico, where about I guess it was two weeks or maybe 10 days before Thanksgiving, our governor shut the state down again. And she's got this standard for re reopening that when analysts are looking at it, they're saying it's a county by county reopening where every county starts as red and then they can move to yellow, which eases more restrictions and then move to green. Um, the majority, I think there's one county in the state that's a sparsely populated county that's at yellow. Everybody else is at red. And some analysts have looked at it in order for us to get from red to yellow they're estimating it could be 20 to 30 weeks. Wow. I mean, we could be another, you know, five or six months in these conditions before we somehow magically get to yellow. I, I know the feeling around here is they're definitely getting COVID fatigue and quarantine fatigue. And it, you're seeing that up there in, in Edmonton as well. Yeah, absolutely. We are. Um, the Canadian government has announced also that, you know, um, they've bought, I think it was about 250 million or 350 million doses of the vaccine. And so they just announced today that um, the first doses might be ready as of early as next week. Wow. And then start coming out into, yeah, so they've purchased a whole bunch. So I think people are like, oh, it's coming so fast, you know, don't worry. But I mean, myself, you know, I've, I'm working a couple different jobs at the time and um, I've seen already people just in my cohorts that I've been working with coming down and testing positive. So it's, it's close to home and it happens. And, you know, like I haven't been able to see my grandmother since March because she's in a retirement facility and they won't let anybody in. So it's, you know, it's a lot scary. 
It's very difficult. I mean, we're, we're in a similar spot. My wife's an assistant principal for an elementary school here in Albuquerque. And the cases that just seem to be swirling around our house, but not in our house, it does sort of make you, uh, it gives you pause. You know, they've had a custodian or a, a, a different staff member here, they're test positive. They're at virtual, but the, the issue they're facing with Albuquerque schools is the teachers are still in the classrooms. They're conducting the class from the classroom while the kids are at home. So there is some risk for transmission and just gets real, it's nerve wracking when you start to hear these cases mount up and, you know, that, you know, it's swirling around you. It starts to make you worry about even going to the grocery store to get your food. And, you know, like you, you haven't been able to see your grandmother. We, our neighbor of ours, God bless his soul. He was a Vietnam vet and he passed away on Vietnam uh, Veterans Memorial Day back in April and has not been able to be laid to rest with military honors yet because of the situation. Uh, that will be a somber moment when it finally happens. I'm looking forward to it um, just because, you know, our, our military heroes need to be honored in that way, but it is really difficult down here right now. And I know here in the States, you know, March 11th to me was the day that kind of, you mentioned the 16th, I know for in the States, the 11th was when Houston Livestock Show canceled and it was the day that World Health said, yeah, this is a pandemic. What was the point in time for you that you felt like, oh, this is going to be a big deal? This is a lot bigger than it seems to be at that moment. You bet. So um, I'm also the Canadian Association Affairs and Exhibitions President. So the national body that kind of supports and helps manage, um, not manage, I mean, um, provide support to the membership across Canada. And we had a board meeting, like I said, we were in Toronto, March 2nd, and I was following the pandemic overseas at that time. And I came into that board meeting and I said, we need to look at this. This is something that could, if it comes to Canada, be disastrous for our affairs and for our industry. And sure enough, a week later, and that's that when we locked down and everything started coming and we started seeing cases in Canada. And so I would say that right at that beginning of March was really the time. Um, then we heard the Houston Livestock Show. And then, um, yeah, not far after that, we saw our friends in Manitoba for the Royal Winter Fair. They started canceling. And one by one, fairs across Canada started canceling. And we knew, you know, March is inevitable. We were just like, okay, yeah, happening. I was going to, that was going to be my next question. Was there, since you do run in the summer, was there a point that you thought, well, maybe this wraps up by the end of April or May and we get a shot? Or was it it was obvious real quick that it wasn't going to happen? I think it was obvious, obvious really quick. Of course, we were watching it daily, you know, to see what was happening, what restrictions were put in place, because, of course, restrictions were quite um, limited at the beginning. And so we were hopeful. But come around April, you know, which is about 90 days out from our event, because we run, you know, uh, mid-July, mid to end of July you need about three months to really put, you know, everything in place to put this event on. I mean, so we canceled April 23rd, um, you know, and if we, we knew if we well held that any longer, there's no way we'd be able to put on the excellent event we had. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But eventually for you guys, if I was looking at your press releases correctly, luck runs out somewhere around April 23rd when you had to make it official can you give us an idea what it's like to be sitting in that board meeting and have to, you know, an event you've put all this work and time and effort into and you just say, we're done. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, I wasn't in the board meeting, um, but I know that uh, us as directors, we sat around the table and it was a tough decision, you know, um, 
but it was the right thing to do, you know, to make sure that we were keeping everybody safe, you know, um, and financially for us, you know, I mean, we, there were so many restrictions, there's no way we could have put it on, you know, of course it's sad, you know, we say we're postponing it. So all the great things that we had planned for 2020 are still gonna come back for 2021. Um, so we're still excited to put that on, uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough decision, but you know, with every single fair around us leaving um, the restrictions with Canada and the US borders closing, our fair operator, so our rides, uh, North American Midway couldn't come across. So we weren't sure if they would even be able to get here, you know, um, yeah, so. It's been a heck of a challenge. I mean, for fairs, for fairs that were scheduled in March and April, you know, I felt bad for them because they'd already spent their marketing budget. They'd already put all those dollars out, TV ads, Facebook ads, newspaper billboards, whatever they're doing. All that money was a loss. Your event canceled in April, but it wasn't going on until July. Were you guys able to hold back some of that marketing spend in your budget? Yeah, absolutely. We were actually at that point just before we made our announcement. So I would say it was about that March 16th when we started closing down. We really started looking at all of our financial um, um, requirements, you know, what can we put holds on until we know a little bit more, you know, where there's some few deposits, but we hadn't spent our marketing dollars. We were just about to, we hadn't spent, you know, anything on that yet. So we just said, okay, let's put everything on hold till we see how this plays out. So we were very lucky that we hadn't made a lot of those commitments yet. So, um, we were able to hold off and yeah, work through it. Good deal. Um, obviously you guys are producing K days. Is that your biggest event that your, your organization produces? Yeah, we actually have two, uh, two of our major events. So, um, they used to be combined as one, but then because they were so big, we separated them to do so K days is our, our summer fair and it has agricultural, agricultural components, but then we have farm fair international, which is usually in November. Um, and so that has, you know, beef shows, equine shows, you know, um, you name it stock dogs, you know, um, rodeo, we have a little bit of everything. And so we kind of expanded that and created another show. Got it. Now, were you guys able, once that cancellation happened, um, to host any other events, small events at your grounds or, or, or create revenue in any way throughout the year? Or, or are you just kind of sitting there with your grounds empty all year long? We actually did look at a couple options. We were looking at putting on a uh, fair food drive through you know, and doing some drive through components, but, you know, we did all the work and just at the end, there was some restrictions put in place that we weren't, weren't able to able facilitate with, you know, um, with Alberta Health Services and financially, we just weren't unsure of, you know, what it would look like. We are still, so we just, we didn't proceed with any, but um, we, we were looking at some things. Yeah. Sure. So this pandemic hits, you guys have to cancel instantly when you cancel, I mean, it causes millions of dollars in losses. And I know here in the United States for, for businesses, the losses just started piling up. Were you guys able to adjust your business model in any way or, or do you just sit tight and, and hope for the best that this thing ends soon? Uh, so, so we did, I mean, um, we really focused on what we, what we were spending our money on. So we, you know, like I said, we put a lot of payments on hold. Um, we, uh, we took advantage of all the um, government wage subsidy and the rent subsidy. So we were able to help get support in that way. And um, we, all of our staff did go on 
um, reduced hours. We took some pay cuts so that we could remain a little bit whole right now. Um, most of our staff are on temporary layoff until we get back into January just to keep us whole so that we've got some money in the bank so that we can proceed and have an event next year, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, here in the United States, it's become crystal clear that our country is going to lose probably hundreds of thousands of small businesses, millions of jobs gone for good. What do you think up in Canada that the, the economic picture is looking like right now and in the near future? Yeah, well, I'm not an expert on the economy, but, you know, um, I have seen a lot of the small businesses here close just because they can't maintain, but a lot of them have been able to pivot, you know, and uh, go to the online or um, like the pickup options. So, um, you know, we've seen it going back because people are still working. So they're still, you know, people purchasing things, but it's not to the extent that you would normally see. Um, we did have 3 million Canadians out of work, which is about a 15.6% decline in employment, which is huge. Um, and I know it's really been tough for the over industry. They predict that they probably won't see economic activity return to the pre-pandemic levels till the second half of next year is what they're saying. Um, and even the events and tourism industry is saying that nothing till 2024 will even get back to normal. Wow. That's a long time. That's a big hit. I mean, my, my gut feeling from the beginning of this was it would be 18 to 36 months. Um, and now that pushes it out to 48 months looking at 2024. That is, yeah. that's rough. And, you know, I know for down here in New Mexico, we're being in a, a Southern climate. It's only recently started to get, get chilly, but up there in Edmonton, I mean, it's getting towards winter. And I imagine Edmonton and, you know, your surrounding areas got a fairly strong winter economy. You said just a few hours North, you've got, you know, mountains and skiing and, and winter activities. Um, how does, you know, down here, we can still do outdoor dining some places, you know, if you've got tents or whatnot, how do you pull that off in, in Canada? Well, we've had snow since October. So uh, we're cold. <laughs> so you don't really do much dining outdoors anymore. So it's right. all indoors. Um, but we do have a huge um, economy for outside, you know, so um, the ski hills are packed. Um, we are three hours from the mountains. So people and are they're, going they're open right now. They are open. Yeah, there's a okay. couple that haven't opened yet just because of conditions, but majority of them are open. Um, one of the ski hills in Edmonton, they create their own snow. So, I mean, we've had some really beautiful weather the last couple of days, so it's been um, quite warm. So a lot of it melting, like the roads are pretty clear, but um, next week we'll get some colder, colder weather. Right. Um, but we do rely on a huge tourism for our economy, you know, people do come from all over the world. So with the border still closed, you know, it is really locals, but the locals can't go anywhere. So that's where they're going right now. So I see people outside every day. So are you guys, um, are, have you had people that have been able to start going back to work or are you guys still locked down where it's like essential workers only? Uh, we, so back, ooh, I can't even remember when it opened up. So restrictions started coming of a little bit less, um, or to, I guess Mayish, I would say, you know, people were going back into the office. Um, but a lot of businesses have just decides, you know, like office businesses said, you know, just continue to work from home. Like for us, we haven't been back in the office since March, you know, here and there for a couple of days, you know, but socially distanced meetings if we needed to. Um, most businesses are open, you know, they're very safe, you know, everybody wears wear a mask, you must sanitize as you come in and as you go out. 
um, limiting numbers. So most places are open and still remain open. I know that Alberta has been huge on keeping the economy um, um, flowing and growing or, or going actually. So um, they've been able to keep a lot of that open. So what's been the hardest part of this pandemic for you? Me, I would say hmm, just probably the uncertainty of when this is going to be done. You know, you're just kind of always in limbo with your life and your work. And, you know, you can only continue to plan for the unknown. But, you know, that's I, I say that's the hardest part. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to agree. For me, I, you know, my wife would tell you, I function best with with certainty, with things that are predictable. And this entire year has been very unpredictable and not knowing how long this is going on is, you know, it kind of starts to drag you down. Um, so back to K-Days, your 2020 show's canceled and we're now just over seven months away from your 2021 show. How do you go about planning for something like that where hopefully you're going to be open but you're still in the middle of a pandemic here in 2020. How do you plan for that? I mean, so right now we're just following it daily, monthly to see what's happening in the industry and what's happening, especially within our province to see if restrictions have come across, you know, if other events have happened, we are looking at some different scenarios, planning, you know, what could it look like if, you know, we are allowed to open at restricted numbers. You know, what would that mean for us? Could we even host an event or could we host something different than what our typical fair is um, to keep us going? You know, so I, because there's so many unknowns, you can only plan so many different scenarios, but, you know, things change so fast, you know, you can plan a whole bunch of different things and then they change the next minute, right? So. Right. Do you think, um, with your entertainment planning, your 2020 acts, I mean, do you guys book internationally? You had, do you bring in acts from the United States or other countries that you have to keep in the back of your mind? What if there's still border restrictions going on? I mean, how do you adjust for that? Absolutely. So we had booked um, before we had canceled in, or sorry, postponed in April last this year, we had already booked our, our headliner lineup. Um, so a majority of them, when we've been able to um, postpone or build their contracts into 2021. So majority of those will be ready for next year. But if the borders close, you know, we will have to make some adjustments to see, you know, what we can do or change what we're, our offering is. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's again, it just goes into all those unknowns. You know, and talking to a couple of other fair managers, um, some of them are starting to see that there might be some insurance regulation changes um, and different riders and whatnot with insurance just because it's a, of the pandemic. Are you guys hearing up on, on your end there in Canada about any changes coming that, you know, to insure events, general liability, things like that? Uh, you know, we have been keeping in touch with our insurance company. You know, you will see most fairs and events putting clauses into their um, their agreements just saying, you know, restrictions, you know, like, you know, it's no longer an act of God. You know, sometimes you have to put a little bit more detail in it. I haven't heard anything necessarily on the, the um, insurance part, though, no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I, I guess you don't, you never know with that insurance how it's going to, how it all rolls out, you know, they want to make sure they're protected from people that if they do, God forbid, have some kind of, you know, contraction of a, of a disease at, at one of our shows, that would be awful. Yeah. Um, you know, 
clearly the pandemic it's it's just been crippling for so many of us um we look at things through a business standpoint i i do very much through the lens of business and how is our industry going to recover what do you think the future of this industry looks like in the future of, i mean you've got a lot of outdoor event experience what do you think the future of events looks like you know, if this continues on, I think we're going to see a lot more of events. Um, one, you know, you're going to have events that aren't going to be able to survive. Um, just getting through, if we can't have events in 2021, you know, they're just financially not going to be able to survive. Um, but the ones that do, I think, are really going to, and you saw a lot of it this year, you know, with your drive throughs your fair food drive throughs or different types of events. I think you're going to see it differently and people are really going to focus on how can we deliver still that great experience but in a safe way so um, I think that's going to be huge on the focus moving forward is you know making sure that those parameters and and I think even if the pandemic is gone you're still going to look at those parameters you know making sure people are sanitizing you know and being safe like through this pandemic you know um we all realize how easily transferable it is, you know, and you look at it and you're like, wow, this is how I get a cold. You know, this is how easily it happens. Um, and so you don't think about it before, you know, but now it's so relevant. So I think we're going to really focus on that safety aspect quite a bit more. Have you been in touch with your acts um, that are, you know, the 2020 acts that you're bringing in for 21 and, um, like any grounds acts that might need to adjust to be, how would they, how do they say it down here? Compliant with COVID safe procedures or COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like our, our fair uh, operators, North American Midway, you know, they've been able to open um, in a couple, a couple different fairs in the U S so they've already put some parameters in place, which we would continue to follow or heighten if we need to. Um, and so a lot of the acts that you would see um, that come up to Canada and some that we bring in um, until we kind of know what next year looks like, we will be having those conversations. Okay. How can we make it safer? You know, everybody's looking at that as well. Um, but we're going to wait till January, February, you know, each month we'll make an assessment to see where we're at. You know, right now we're in additional lockdowns and restrictions. So it's hard to start thinking about 2021 when you're like, okay, well, nothing can happen right now. So yeah, it's a lot of a waiting game. Yeah, it definitely makes it a, a real challenge. You know, if we've, we've talked so much about how this pandemic has affected businesses, um, I want to, I think it's important to not forget the people, individuals that are involved in this. How are you holding up through all this? You said you haven't been in the office much since what, March. So yeah. how are you personally holding up through 2020? Uh, I mean, you make it through, you know, um, it's been a struggle for me personally, financially, emotionally, you know, you put a lot of work in trying to do some things, um, to remain relevant and, you know, be able to host something this, this year. And we weren't able to, so, you know, that's hard that you're just like, you try and try and I'm a really positive person, but after a point, you just kind of like, eh, I give up financially. It's been tough. Like I said, you know, we took pay cuts, we went on reduced wages, you know, so I had to pick up a couple part-time jobs. And so, you know, refinance my mortgage, you know, do all right. those things, ask for money from my parents, like horrible, you know, just to make ends meet, you know, but you do what you have to, to make things, make things happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, we keep hearing down here in the U S people keep saying, you know, we're all on the same boat, but my wife has made the argument that 
we're all in the same storm, but we're all in very different boats. You know, the, a large cruise ship's going to handle this thing a lot better than a little fishing boat. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's coming from a different perspective on this. So what do you, you know, you've picked up a couple other jobs. What are you doing just to, you know, to kill time in the, when you're not working during a pandemic? Uh, well, I pretty much just work. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm still working for Northlands, right. you know, and I've got two other jobs on the go right now. So I, uh, I mean, one of them happens to be for another event. So uh, a, a new foundation that started up and they're hosting an outdoor winter drive through event. So I've been doing night times with them and daytimes with Northlands and then on the side doing grocery shopping for people. <laughs> so wow. I don't really have much free time. Yeah, well, it's, you're keeping busy. I mean, that's that's a good thing. Um, you've been obviously involved with fairs and outdoor events for a really long time. Is there a particular thing that's like your favorite part of the fair? It's just making people happy. Like you see those people come through the gates and they're so excited to come to your event, you know, whether it be an agricultural show or the fair, you know, or just a special concert, you know, people are just so happy and having a great time and living their best life. And that's, you know, that's what we do is we are in the creating memories and experiences industry. And um, that's why I do what I do. You mentioned, you know, special concerts. Is there one concert that you've been to or that you you guys have produced up there at Northlands that has been above and beyond the best concert you've seen? Oh, there's been so many. It gets to be, when you're an event planner, it's a tough choice, isn't yeah, it? We had great concerts in our Coliseum. Like we saw, oh, like I can't even like, you know, we had Kiss come there. We had, you know, Aqua a couple of years ago. Like it just incredible attendance you know 20,000 people in your fairgrounds watching this event just crazy like yeah just gives me goosebumps thinking about it because you see the crowd and you're just like oh my god all these people can't see this you just said 20,000 people and there was a little tingle in the back of my spine like oh my god that would be so cool to have 20,000 people together again this whole being other guests have said they're tired of saying socially distant, you know, Angel Moore over at Alameda County was like, we don't say socially distant. We think that's, that's a dumb phrase. We'll, we'll do physically distant, but this whole six feet apart thing. I mean, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. It's been very difficult this year for me to be locked up. You know, I find that I have newfound respect for people that are introverts and put into social situations on the opposite end. But when you said 20,000 people, it was like, oh my God, that would be amazing just to be in a large group of people, especially at a concert like that, where everybody's singing the songs and having a drink and just enjoying their time together. You think there's a time in the future, hopefully July, right? But do you think there's a time that we we get to do that again? I don't think we'll get to that big. You don't think think, think think you'll hit 20,000 in attendance again? 2021? No, no, no. Uh, give us a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't think for another, like until everybody's vaccinated, you know, and this is calmed down, I think, I mean, I'm no expert or predictor, but you know, I would say give us a couple of years before we get back to fully normal. You know, yeah. I think you're going to still see, you know, those restrictions and, you know, safety measures put in place, you know, creating pods for events, you know, you know, it's hard to control the masses, you know, Hey, yeah, everybody can hang out together, but you have to put a mask on. It's not going to happen. So I think, you know, hopefully 2022, maybe 2023. Yeah. That another guest we had on talked about, they canceled their event in 20, 
21 is going to be their transitional fair. And then hopefully 22, they can reopen. But 21 is the, is kind of the crux for a lot of these fairs. If they don't have it, they may not be a 2022 fair. Exactly. Yeah. And are you, you're seeing that up in Canada. I mean, cause how are you've got large fairs obviously, and you've got smaller fairs just like we have here in the U S and I think in the beginning, the kind of attitude was, you know, the bigger fairs, big state fairs will be safe. You know, the smaller county fairs, may, mid-sized county fairs will be okay. Smaller fairs may struggle. But then we see what's going on down in Del Mar with the San Diego County Fair, and they've just, they're in big trouble financially. If a major fair like that can be in trouble, I think anybody can be in trouble. in the event Yeah, and I actually even think almost like the reverse um, like I think some of the smaller fairs and agricultural societies might be able, like they've been able to pivot, you know, as they have, they all have their facilities, you know, um, riding arenas or community halls, you know, if they can host small events, you know, um, I think they'll be able to continue, but the sure. bigger ones might be the ones that struggle unless they're able to pivot and do something different, you know, um, but they're not going to see crowds of a million people coming to their fair, you know, they're going to have to look at, you know, way smaller crowds and capacities. So um, I think it could be the bigger fairs that have more struggle, you know, unless they've got money in the bank that can hold them out for that other year. Yeah, the rainy day fund. Yeah, exactly. So, and a lot of people don't have that because, you know, the fairs are so unpredictable. You have, you know, bad weather or, um, you know, which is huge for for Canada, you know, you never know. You're going to have an ice storm or a tornado or, you know, um, rain for five days and then five days of your fair, is that all, that's all you have to make your revenue. There's no way you can make that up. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking the same thing about entertainers that, you know, among entertainers, you know, we talk, we've got our, our groups on Facebook and our, our text messages. We're sending text groups and whatnot. And my initial thought was, you know, well, some of the bigger, more well-established acts are probably going to be fine, but the longer this goes on, it seems to me that the smaller act that's just the juggler is probably in a better position to survive because the juggler just puts his stuff in a case and puts it in the closet or whatever. And, you know, I know with my stuff, with my fortune machine and our, our, our ag game exhibit, that's just put up in storage. But you think about people who have, you know, animal shows or sea lion splash or, or any of these types of large, those animals still got to eat, you know, they still need veterinary care. Their overhead does not change. And so I worry for acts like that um, as far as who, who makes it or, or doesn't make it back. I, I'm really crossing fingers that everybody in 21 gets some kind of fare that at least can bridge them to 2022. Uh, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. So listen, um, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Before we go, everybody on the show goes through a little speed round of questions so I'm going to ask you a handful of questions and then you just give me your best answer. Okay. Okay. Sounds all, good. All right. Funnel cake or fried Oreos? Fried Oreos. If I open your music app right now, which song will have played the most? I, I haven't opened it, so I can't tell you. <laughs> you you're not a music. Do you not listen to music? You're no, music? I listen to music all the time, but I don't have, I don't, it's in the car whenever I go to work and that's it pretty much. <laughs> all right, I would then. say probably, okay. So Metallica. Oh, Metallica. Yeah. And which is the, which is your, uh, your favorite Metallica song? Uh, nothing else matters. Excellent. I dig it. Coffee or tea? Tea. 
Do you wear boots or sneakers? Sneakers. Favorite movie? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm. The next one's even harder. Uh, I don't have a favorite movie. I love movies. The movie buff, so. Fair enough. And who was your first celebrity crush? Ooh. Patrick Stewart. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> funny because one of my questions on here was Star Wars or Star Trek. So I think I know the answer to this now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Amanda, if listeners want to reach out and get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, they can email me at a uh, freegon at northlands.com. So A F R I G O N at northlands.com. I'm so glad you could be on the show today. So many people in our events industry are sitting at home right now looking at an uncertain future. And I hope telling these stories like yours up in Edmonton has brought them some value and some hope. And I hope that folks out there know that they're not alone in this struggle. Amanda Fregon, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com. 